0: Amen. I if you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4, I was bouncing around a little bit between two messages, and then I remembered that uh, um, Brother and Sister Kozel had already heard one of them, so I went with the other one. So, hopefully you guys had not heard this. If you have, I'm sorry, just pretend like you haven't before. Uh, you know, I love the book of Philippians, and I think the reason I love it so much is because it deals so much with my personal issues. Now, uh, you guys were honest. I'm going to try to be honest with you this evening. Of course, you know, I always think that's funny when a preacher says I'm going to be honest with you. We kind of hope (laughs) preachers are honest with us. But um, Philippians, it deals with so many of my my own personal insecurities, some of my own personal battles. And, And if we're not very careful, those things can not only hinder the work that God has for us to do, But it can affect every aspect of our life. It can affect our marriages. It can affect how we minister to others. It can affect everything that we try to do as Christians. You know, in Philippians 1, we see uh, Paul's example for us. He says, uh, listen, there's guys that are uh, preaching and they're saying things that they, they ought not be saying about me. But, you know, I choose to rejoice and will rejoice because Christ is preached. He goes on to say, he says, my life, I want you to understand, it's not defined by my position. It's not defined by, uh, by my, my bank account. It's not defined by anything else. My life is defined by Jesus Christ. He says, for to me to live is Christ. Christ was not only the, his reason for living, but he was the definition of his life. In chapter 2, we see that he encourages us to have the mind of Christ. In chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, I love that, wherefore. God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. In chapter 3 we see that Paul, of all the, all the apostles, of all the, the men in that time that had a spiritual resume that they could boast on, Paul was one. He said, I was born of the, of, of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning zeal, I had more than they all. Persecuting the church, I was untouched. I was the, uh, the epitome of the law in the flesh. He said, but I counted all those things but loss for the excellency of Christ. He was saying, listen, my past does not dictate my future. He goes on to say, I just want to know Jesus so intimately... In such an intimate manner that I not only have fellowship when things are good, but I have fellowship with Him in His sufferings. You know, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where many Christians don't have a problem having fellowship and a relationship with Jesus Christ as long as they live in a bubble of comfort. But how many Christians would say that they want to know Jesus Christ so intimately that they know Him in His sufferings? And that was the Apostle Paul. And then we come to chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You know, I love that first verse right there just because we see Paul pouring out his heart to the church at Philippi. He refers to them as, as, as his dearly beloved and longed for. He, he constantly had the church on his mind. But he not only says that, but he says, my joy and my crown. You know something? I find that very interesting because we... The Apostle Paul in Second Timothy two and uh, in, in chapter or Second Timothy um, uh, chapter four he talks about the crown of righteousness that w- that he'll receive and that we'll all receive. He knew that he would have rewards in eternity. He knew that there was uh, that there were rewards for his labor of work. But he tells the church at Philippi, I, if if I didn't have anything to look forward to, you are my joy and you are my crown. Amen. I believe with all of my heart that there's not a preacher alive that preaches the Bible, that wouldn't look at the souls of men that have made professions of faith in Jesus Christ, and that would be enough as long as they're in eternity with them. He looks at them and he says, My joy and my crown, my dearly beloved. Verse 2, he says, I beseech Iodias and I beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names... Or in the book of life. And then notice verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. And help me out with that next word, church. Always. And again, I say rejoice. He says, let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things." Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that, at now, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, I preached a message uh, towards the end of deputation uh, out of this passage, and I called it lessons from the road. These were lessons that I had learned as we had traveled and raising our support before going to South Africa. And, um, and then I, I preached one other time this message uh, the last Sunday that we were in South Africa at Grace Baptist Church. And I preached this very message, only I, cha- I had to change the title to Lessons from the Field. You know, as I think back on this, these are lessons that we see from God's Word that are things that we need to be reminded of every step of our Christian life. You see, this isn't something that we just learn one time, we move on, and then that's it. We've already got it down. You see, these lessons that we see in God's Word are things that we constantly have to work, uh, work towards. We have to be reminded of, just like we work annually on our marriage, going to the marriage retreat, and we work daily sometimes trying to uh, have a better marriage. We have to daily commit ourselves to renewing our minds and renewing our hearts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lesson number one, control your thoughts or your thoughts will control you. Now, here's where I'm going to be real honest with you. I struggle a lot of times controlling my thoughts. Now, I'm going to just let you in on something. Preachers, except for Brother Wayne, (laughs) preachers are some of the most insecure people you will ever meet. Ladies, guess what? Men are some of the most insecure people that you'll ever meet. That's right. Do you know why it is that we desire to be respected so much? It's because we are so insecure we wonder if anybody even cares about us. That's right. We wonder if we have any sort of purpose in life. We wonder if a lot of times if we're meeting your needs. It's because of our insecurities. Right. But Paul tells us, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always... And again, I say rejoice. Do you understand that that that's not determined by our circumstances? Do you understand that our joy is not dependent upon what we are going through or what we are not going through? He says rejoice in the Lord always. That does not dictate time. It does not dictate circumstances. We are to rejoice in the Lord at all times. And then he gives us some things to think on. He says in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. So if we do not control our thoughts, then whenever we face hardship, whenever we face criticism, whenever things are not going our way, if we choose to focus on that then we're not focusing on this. And it will begin to eat our lunch. It will begin to control us. There was a young man. um, The the very first uh, day that uh, Brother and Sister Kozel got to South Africa, they attended a a prayer meeting for a young man in, in Brother Jeremy's ministry. His name is Awonke. Awonke was 14 years old. And just a few weeks prior to this prayer meeting that was leading up to his funeral, Awonke was sitting around with a group of young men and he got into an altercation with one of them. This young man pulled a knife on Awonke and and insulted him and so Awonke left being insulted. He came back with a larger knife. And Awonke stabbed this young man in the heart and killed him. It was several weeks after that, he went to the police and he tried to turn himself in and the police looked at him and said, Listen, we we can't deal with you right now. Uh, when you're 18, we'll deal with you then. And they sent him on home. And over the next several weeks, Iwonke, who has been, uh, been brought up in Soweto Baptist, who made a profession of faith there, was baptized and had, and had worked with both Jeremy and myself. During that time, Iwonke uh, began to allow uh, uh, all of that to consume him. He started losing sleep. And one night he woke up. And he had had enough, he couldn't take it anymore. And he wrapped a rope around his neck and he hung himself. Control your thoughts or your thoughts will control you. That list that he gives us in in verse 8, those things that are lovely, those things that are true, those things that are honest, those are things that we replace our negative and bad thinking with. You know, there's only two things, and those two things would actually be one, that I can think of that meet the descriptions in that one verse. What is it that comes to mind when you think of truth? What is it that comes to your mind when you think of honesty? What is it that comes to mind when you think of things that are of a good report? You know what that describes to me? That describes the holy, infallible, inspired Word of God. I'll share another testimony with you, one that changed Ashley and I's life, changed Ashley's eternity. When we were attending here um, uh, many years ago, 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago, she was expecting Peyton at the time. On a Tuesday night in August, uh, we sat back here before Awesome Preaching in August and Brother Wayne was able to show Ashley uh, through the Word of God how she could know that when she died, heaven would be her home. But see, that started weeks before we actually met him in his office. Sitting there, we were talking with him about some things that we were dealing with, and he encouraged us. He said, listen, instead of watching TV an hour a night before you go to bed, he said, break out the Bible and the two of you read a chapter together. And so we started doing that. We would... Open the Word of God, and we'd read a chapter of the Bible, and and a couple weeks later, that turned to two chapters a a night, and then that two chapters turned to four chapters. Once we got to four chapters, we started keeping a journal, so we would write down what we read, and then we would uh, talk, write down what how that uh, applied, and then we would write down what decisions we would make as a result. And it was two weeks after we began that that Ashley came to the realization that she was religious but lost and needed to be saved. That the, the Word of God changed her life for all eternity. And the Word of God began to renew my heart and my mind. You know what it means to be so far away from God that when the world looks at you they cannot even tell that you're a Christian? And we want to know how to get victory. We want to know how to have a good testimony. We want to know how to overcome sins and temptations, if we will get into the book, the book will begin to change our lives. You know what that also describes? The Lord Jesus Christ. We think of the attributes of God and how He's altogether lovely. We think of His titles and His names. He's Almighty. The Creator. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. You realize we serve a risen Savior. You realize that we serve an almighty, all powerful God. Amen. And I said that those two are one and the same because in John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the uh, living embodiment of God's holy, inspired Word. That's right. You see, when we replace our circumstances, the trials that we face, when we replace our thinking on those and dwelling on those things, with God's holy word and the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can learn to control our thoughts instead of our thoughts controlling us. You know, James chapter 1 teaches us that the trying of our faith worketh patience. Now my wife is in here and you can just ask her, I am the living embodiment of what it means to be patient. And she's shaking her head no. You know what? A preacher just lied to you. (laughs) That's something that God has to continually work in me. But the only way that we learn patience, and patience has her perfect work in us so that we can be mature or complete, is to go through hardships, to go through trials, to go through the trying of our faith. Control your thoughts, or your thoughts will control you. I'm going to give you this one just in passing real quick. Number two, work like it depends on you. And pray knowing that it it all relies upon God. In verse 9 he says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Now circle the next word in your Bible there. Do. And the peace of God shall be with you. James also teaches us to not be hearers only, but doers of the work. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. We have a responsibility to be doers of the word and not hearers only. What what does it mean to be doers of the word? Well, that means that the commission to get this gospel message to a lost and dying world that that rests upon our shoulders. We have a job to do you know what? At the end of the day, we can lay our head on our pillow and know and trust that the results, well, that comes from God. We can rest in His promise that His Word will not return unto Him void. Amen. Work like it depends upon you and pray, knowing that it depends upon God. And last but not least, expect nothing and be grateful for everything. Look with me, if you will, at verse 10. He says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now now at at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know, unfortunately, we live in a time where everybody expects something for nothing. As a matter of fact, you'll hear people say, Well, I deserve, and then you fill in the blank. Since we're being honest with ourselves this evening, can I just go ahead and tell you what we do deserve? We deserve eternal separation in a damnable, damnable place called hell for all eternity, being consumed by the flames that God had created for the devil and his angels. That's what we deserve. But because of His grace, because of His mercy toward us, we do not get that which we do deserve. You realize that every breath that we take, that's a gift from the God of heaven. Expect nothing and be grateful for everything. Expect nothing and be grateful for everything. He says, not that I'm speaking in respect of want. Paul's saying, listen, this isn't because I'm, I need something from you. Uh, it's not because there's something that I'm missing and you have an opportunity to fulfill that. He said, that's not the reason I'm telling you this. He said, I have learned, I've learned how to live when it's, when it's, uh, when it's uh, longhorn steak and, and mashed potatoes. But you know what, I also know how to live when it's 11 cent ramen noodles. He said, I know how to live when things are going my way and when things are not going my way. I know how to live when I'm standing before kings preaching the gospel and I know how to live when I'm sitting in a jail cell writing epistles to the church. He said, I have learned this, that my contentment, that my joy, that my strength does not come from my circumstances. It does not come from my position. It does not come from the world. My joy, my contentment, my strength comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's so many people out there that they've just gone through so much more than I could ever imagine. I I think of the guys in China who are back in the States right now because the police are looking for them. And all they want to do is be able to get back there so that they can preach the Gospel. I can't imagine. We look at these visa situations and Uh, We may not get our visas or whatever, but at least I don't have the cops beating down my door trying to arrest me. You know, I think of Job. Uh, This man who lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost absolutely everything. And at the end of the day, he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, I want to leave you with this question tonight. If tomorrow we woke up and we lost everything. But we had Jesus. Would He be enough? Would Jesus Christ be sufficient? Expect nothing. Oh, but be grateful for absolutely everything that He's bestowed upon our lives. He says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You want to know how how to have joy in your life? Be content with Jesus Christ. You want to know how to have strength during hardships and hard days? Learn to be content in Jesus Christ. Control your thoughts or your thoughts will control you. Work like it depends upon you and pray knowing that it all depends upon God and then expect nothing and give God praise for absolutely everything if Jesus was all you had would Jesus be enough let's pray Father we love you Lord we thank you so much for this opportunity Lord so much for this church and what they mean to us God we thank you so much for the ministry of Whitfield Baptists and the faithfulness of Brother Wayne, his consistency throughout the years. Lord, there's a lot of men that would have already quit and thrown in the towel many times over, but I thank You for a man that has stayed faithful and set a good example and a testimony for others to follow. Lord, I pray, God, that You would continue to use this ministry to see many more souls reached in this community and many more preachers raised up and sent across the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to learn these lessons. Lord, help us not to be so consumed with self that we get our eyes fixed upon us and we lose our focus of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to learn true contentment, contentment in you. We love you and ask all these things in Jesus' name.